Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. I said that for a while. I know, I almost forgot the words. Yeah. <gasps> hey everyone. Hello, how are you? Welcome to our little surprise episode. Yeah. Pow! Didn't expect that, did you? No. Out of nowhere. Yeah, it just came. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we're very excited to come back briefly. Briefly. It's a brief break from the break. Yeah, absolutely. That's a a beautiful way of putting it. And I am effing delighted to be in your living room again. Yeah. So nice. So the purpose of today's episode is an historic meeting it is because what a lot of you might not know is that we had never actually met professor tim professor tim child medical director of oxford (laughs) (laughs) it's been such a long long time (laughs) forgotten all the words um yeah we'd never met him before we'd only ever spoken to him on the phone yeah and we thought we needed to rectify that yeah so we jumped in my car yeah yeah and we drove to oxford yeah and we went to probably the nicest business park I've ever been to. It was lush, yeah. wasn't it? It was like, really nice. it was like a babbling brook. Yeah. And there was like, it was like we were in like real science land. Yeah. It was like Oxford Fertility and then like Oxbiotica. Ox. <laughs> it was actually called that, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Bionica. Biologica. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you see shampoo adverts and they've made up something that's in it, like contains super glossium yes like that yeah, kind yeah. of thing yeah. um so yeah we decided to have a little trip a field trip yeah get um, to know a little bit more about the man the behind myth. the legend yeah the man behind the myth busting yeah so after we met professor tim yeah like we had a nice chat in his office and then we went he gave us like a cool tour of the facilities yeah we were like on our way out the door and he was like do you want to just have a look in this door and we were like oh yeah and we basically looked at the lab where the magic happens yeah it was amazing and literally i think both of us were just our our minds were blown because going through treatment you don't see any of that do you? you don't see the behind the scenes ever 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 and there were all these people with like um big 
kind of stations of microscopes and mm. there was so much science going on. There was a woman with the tube, with a catheter, with yeah. an embryo in it, passing it through the window to whoever's doing an embryo transfer on the other side. Well, like, it watched the other side of someone's embryo transfer. It's mental. We don't know who they are. No, but I hope you got pregnant. But we wish them luck. Yeah. But it was amazing. It was just so cool. And then he took us into a room where all the frozen embryos are. And that was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing. We were like, how many are in each tank? He was like, thousands. No idea, mate. Loads. (laughs) We were like, whoa. It was insane. Yeah, it was really cool. Just, yeah, I I think we both... I didn't really appreciate how much my mind would be blown by that Mm, kind of thing. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was like, here's where ICSI happens. Gabs was like, we had ICSI. That's what I did. It was like the curtain was being lifted and we were just like, in wonderment. So thanks, thanks, Professor Tim, for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and other than that, everyone looking forward to Christmas? Tis, tis the two weeks before Christmas. Tis the two weeks before Christmas. Probably a week by the time this goes out. Oh, yeah. Tis um, the week before Christmas. Tis, tis before Christmas. Tis before Christmas. So we hope that all the secret Santas who yeah. got involved... I'm so excited about that, man. It's been so nice watching people send yeah. stuff to, like, Australia, like... I sent something to the US. Did you? Yeah. I sent something to Leicester. Mm, nice. Yeah. Also exotic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really hope I really hope it works out. I'm a bit. I have a little bit of anxiety that like I don't know some presents won't get there or some you know whatever. Yeah, but, but they're fine. I'm because hoping so. The thing is, it's it's all about the spirit, isn't it? It's the thought it is that all about counts. Spirit, yeah. It's like I definitely got a lot of pleasure out of buying a gift and. Kind of stalking this poor girl, <laughs> yes, working out what she wanted. Yeah, but like. the funny thing is that you said like you said like lots of love, Gabby, and I said lots of love, question mark. I know so. that was one of the questions. Like, do you reveal? And I was kind of like, I think it's kind of up to yeah people. But I just thought, do you know what? I'm gonna say it's me. Now I feel like I should have revealed because. Like, but then you can reveal later because you know who she is. Yeah, so I could send her a message to be like, by the way, that was me. me. <laughs> She'll be like, thanks for the yeah, shit. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> um, <laughs> she won't. Um, but yeah, it was lots of fun. It was um, a bit more hard work than I thought it was going to be, actually. Yeah, I have to admit. Hard. But um, it uh, was definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I can say. 100%. Um, and thank you to everybody who came to the. The Christmas um, Knees Up. The Christmas Knees Up. It was really fun. Yeah, it was loads of fun. Um, I put in a reasonably brief appearance, comparatively speaking. Uh, no, you mate. You did well. Because, uh, yeah, because Noah was in hospital that day, but. I still Mate, put, put my glad rags on. Fucking did. Yeah. Got your lippy on. Got my lippy came on. Came out. It was really good. There were loads. It was lovely to see all those faces. Yeah. And new faces. Yeah. And chat. And yeah. it was just really great. And Kat and Alice did a fucking stellar job. They did. Because they are yeah. the event gurus. They are the event gurus. We had such a great time. So thank you so much to them. Definitely. Big thanks to those guys. And looking forward to their next event. Uh huh. And our next event. I don't know what that is, by the no. way. No. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Our next event. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's invitation only. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got, like, I mean, we are, you know, we are on a break, obviously, but we did have a very exciting meeting today, which... We did. Hopefully we'll be able to tell people about in the new year. Yeah. When we come back. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. So yeah, sorry um, not to be able to tell you properly what we're talking about. As always, you can, if you could rate and review us, we would be endlessly grateful yes it would be wonderful you can follow us on social media on instagram at big fat negative on facebook 
Big Fat Negative. On Twitter? At Big Fat Negative. Or you can email us at bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com. Please enjoy this interview with Professor Tim Child. Please do. He was um, a lot more comfortable with personal questions than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> I thought he might be a bit, you know, a bit less inclined to answer those ones, but he was chatty AF. <laughs> we'll see you all again in the new year. Yeah, so definitely. Have a good one. Can't wait. Great to finally meet you. Nice to meet both of you as yes, well. Yes, yeah. It's um, we've been chatting on the phone quite yeah. a lot, but um, exactly. it's good to be here at Oxford for Every two or three weeks, sort of the the, the questions come through <laughs> thick and thin. <laughs> so, I mean, you must have been baffled by quite a few of them. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it really. I think when uh, when you guys contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in sort of helping out with a bit of a short chat with some questions, um, very happy to, and I'm obviously very happy that it's continued on, and certainly slightly baffled by some of the weird and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real life questions coming through. Yeah, yeah. Do you I mean, get them in real life? Um, yes, probably not. I think probably face to face, people probably wouldn't ask some of the ones no, that, that's that, true. that they've asked. That they've asked me via you guys. Okay. <laughs> Have you? Do you feel like um, you've had like an upsurge in people asking weird stuff since you've been doing it? I've had a few people who've who've um, who've come into consultations and have said, "Oh, you're the guy off the podcast," <laughs> and then I think it's slightly unleashed them to feel that it's fine to ask. Anything again? I don't really care what people ask me. It's why it's why I'm here. Yeah. But I think probably people have sort of let go a bit and ask yeah. things they probably would, maybe wouldn't ask if they thought I was just someone who hadn't heard this stuff before. Yeah, 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 yeah. They know we've, um, we've broken you in with the silly stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all the stuff that I wanted to ask my doctors, but was mm. too shy to. So yeah. you know, really, we're just breaking down barriers. Exactly. Um, so obviously, we want to build up a picture of okay. who is Professor Tim, um, but we'll do that at the end. Okay. Um, and we'll ask some of the more serious questions first. So I guess the first thing is, what made you decide to go into reproductive medicine? So um, when you go through medical school, so I was six years at medical school, and in the last three years or so, you rotate through all the different departments in a hospital, so ENT and you know, GP and all that sort of stuff. And I really enjoyed all of them, and I really couldn't decide what to do. Um, then when you qualify, you do a year of house jobs. Um, so you might do six months surgery, six months general mm. medicine. And I enjoyed all of that. And I couldn't see myself just doing surgery or just doing medicine sort of prescribing drugs and obs and gynae seem to be the perfect combination really the sort of the the um you know looking after people during pregnancy the sort of the dre- the adrenaline rush of being on labor ward and mm. managing a busy labor ward then on the gynae side of it the surgery um and then i was very lucky when i came to oxford to actually my first job was working with the reproductive medicine team who ran the ivf unit and uh, i just i just absolutely loved it i think you're looking after in general you're looking after two people um, and obviously there's the joys and the lows and everything, but yeah. it's, it was just that, that uh, I absolutely loved it. So I knew from very early on that's what I wanted to go into. I mean, it's a very emotional one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that emotional side? I mean, you must have people crying at you. Yeah, I mean, it'd be very unusual to get to the end of the day without having someone cry in mm-hmm. front of me. That'd mm-hmm. be quite unusual, really. And I think, um, but I mean, obviously that's very common in many, many areas of medicine and many jobs generally that mm-hmm. people are, will be emotional. And I think... Um, what I try and do is just to be as understanding and as sympathetic and empathetic as as possible. Yeah. Um, but in the end, you know, I've I, I've not been through what they've been through, so I have to be aware of that as well. I don't I don't have a full understanding of what they're going mm. through. What's um what's what's Oxford like for for this kind of frontier science? Because obviously there's a lot going on here. Is is reproductive medicine quite big? Yeah. So certainly the the IVF unit in Oxford was founded in 1984, which was wow. only six years after Louise Brown was born. So it's wow. one of the early IVF units, uh, and has always been one of the larger ones. And obviously with the you know with the 
the, the two universities in, in Oxford, uh, with both with big research heritage going on, uh, reproductive medicine is a is a, a massive research area. So to have a an IVF unit here is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, from a research point of view, we have loads of projects, and we can just dip into you know, collaborating with all the different scientists um, around Oxford and the UK and the world. Is it, is it quite exciting being at the kind of it's like frontier science, isn't it? It's like it's the very it's, it's also new. It's also new, but it's not just, I mean, the science side is, is amazing. And, you know, the whole sort of black box of implantation failure and why embryos don't implant mm. is something that frustrates patients and frustrates yeah. us. That's that, there's that whole area. But then we also have the whole ethical side of it as well, which is, which is just fascinating. And, you know, I talked to friends of mine who I was at medical school with who have gone on to do general surgery and I'm just thinking like, their, their jobs must be so boring <laughs> it's, sort of, it's very one track and I'm lucky enough that what I do it just has so many different aspects to it yeah they don't have to and themselves. working in a very multidisciplinary team with all yeah. the people within an IVF unit I mean I'm assuming that one of the things that's really changed since you began was that the kind of Dr Google yeah yeah <laughs> um, do you find that people increasingly come in you know having done really researched what they want yeah. And is that kind of frustrating to you, or is it? No, I love helpful? it actually. I think I mean okay. you're absolutely right. I mean, I started in IVF in 1996, yeah. uh, pretty much pre you know, prehistoric, pre-internet mm. days, obviously pre-mobile phone, pretty much. So, so back then it was certainly was much more that people would come in and they were pretty clueless um, in general because yeah. you know the GPs may not be able to give them much info. There were a few books around, mm. but apart from that, the stuff they were coming in with was stuff their friends had told them or they'd seen on a you know, TV documentary. Which, and it's so different now. It's unusual now that people won't come in without having um, you know, done some research. Yeah. The, the danger is that obviously there's a lot of rubbish out there. So what tends to happen is people may come in um, and with, you know, in a very well-meaning way have done their research, but uh-huh. just unfortunately have gone to some dodgy website and, with, and believe, may believe what they've read. Mm. Um, the flip side to that is there are some really good websites out there, yeah. HFEA website yeah, being yeah. one of them where it is good information and so it cuts both ways I mean um, talking of the HFEO website one of the things that we find we ask you a lot about is add-on treatments yeah um, do you find that people are kind of coming in better informed about that and and what what's your kind of general view on those add-ons because they're it's, not always brilliantly studied no it's very interesting actually going back sort of um, seven or eight years, we didn't offer any add-ons at all. We were just mm-hmm. very much sort of vanilla IVF. That's mm-hmm. just how it was. And increasingly, patients were coming in saying, "Well, I've you know on the internet, I've heard about a so-and-so mm. add-on, whatever it might yeah. be," and were asking us to do it. And you know, we looked into it, and the evidence was not really against it or for it. It just the evidence wasn't really there. But some of these things made some logical sense, and so we decided we could either um, just be really strict and not offer them, or say to patients. Um, there may be a benefit we don't know here it is mm. and initially when we didn't offer it lots of patients would say well you guys have got your head in the sand here and they yeah. we'd be accused of not being forward-looking okay. um, so really we started to offer some in response to patients saying um, you know mm. so-and-so clinics doing it there is some research here yeah. I really want to try it I know it might not work but then it started I think nationally and internationally to get a bit out of hand and there certainly was some clinics that absolutely were profiteering from from mm. selling these things um, there was then you know, obviously the undercover panorama type programs on it, and I think the HFEA um, sort of traffic light page that they have now on yeah. add-ons and it's is really good. Yeah. And I I, th- I think that came out at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and I would say that it's really helped 
Um, so when people come in and they ask for things, we can say, look, the HFEA have graded it hmm. red or amber. We don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. People generally would accept that. We have sister clinics in Poland. They actually use the HF. They, 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 show, yeah. they show it to their patients That's and they good. find it really helpful. Is there, is there like a benefit, though, to, to people doing them? Because surely we need to have that base of research of people trying to see if it works or not so is there kind of it's tricky really because I'm not yes ideally well ideally what should happen is that the someone should come up with the idea for a technique then they would do a research project and then that would show whether it works or not and Mm. then you would sell Mm. it to people and that's generally not what's been happening so what will happen is there'll be things I mean endoscratch is a perfect example that's where you put a small you know straw into the into the womb lining and Mm. cause a bit of temporary trauma there's nothing new about that and that's People have been taking biopsies from the womb lining for 50 years. Yeah. But, and I've no idea who, who initially thought, well, maybe it's a good idea to during I, do it during IVF. Mm, yeah. But it started to be sold during IVF without any really good evidence of benefit. So it's sort of cart before the horse um, almost. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm slightly two minds about it because, yes, um, it can be difficult to do really good studies in IVF because you need so many patients and who's going to pay for the study and it's difficult. So I think there's a middle ground somewhere. And I think for some of these things, if we say to people, we honestly don't know if it benefits or not, but if you want to try it, we can. Ideally, you don't charge for them. Mm. As soon as you start charging for them, then obviously you could yeah. be accused of profiteering. Mm. Is there anything that you've said hard no to? Yes, yeah, so we've never done um, blood testing for NK cells. Okay, never done it. Been really clear and strict on that from the very start. And that's natural killer natural, cells. Sorry, natural killer cells. Yeah. This whole immune thing, which. Um, so the immune system is very, very important for normal embryo implantation. Uh-huh. Women have to have natural killer cells in their endometrium, otherwise okay. they'll never have an implantation. So you have to have them. There's this whole theory that if you have too many of them in the endometrium, then that might cause a problem. Yeah. So for years, people have been testing the blood NK levels. Mm. And it's, it's known that the blood NK levels and the uterine NK levels just aren't linked at all. So okay. there was no logic to measuring the blood ones. So we've never, we've never done it. Yeah. We did for a while start testing uterine NK levels um, based on some research that was done elsewhere. But when the HFEA with the traffic light system said, don't do NK testing anymore, we Mm. just stopped it the next day. Okay. And patients, if they ask for it now, we say we're not doing it and people go, okay, and they don't mind. And in fact, it's been helpful. Well, it's funny because they're kind of almost demonised, aren't they, to know that actually they play an important role in certain functions yeah. so yeah that you, true. hearing that you have them isn't a bad thing it's really bizarre so so um ashley moffat she was the professor in cambridge that first described them in the late 80s and she called them natural killer cells which is i think with hindsight an unfortunate <laughs> phrase yes, to use probably bad branding isn't <laughs> it she, her, her and leslie reagan leslie reagan runs the um the largest recurrent miscarriage clinic in, in europe and that's based at st mary's uh-huh. Um, so Ashley Moffat and Leslie Reagan wrote a, an article in the BMJ about uterine, sorry, about um, blood NK testing, just saying it was a travesty that clinics were measuring it. There was no wow. point in measuring it. It was crazy and it was wrong. That's about five or six years ago, hmm. and it's still being done. It's still going on. Yeah. Measuring that leads to all kinds of things like immunotherapy yeah. and is it the fat intralipids? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, and I think the problem with some of these things is, you know, just because you can measure something and show. Well, first of, all, first of all, if you measure it, you have to know what the normal range is. Yeah. So if you have your thyroid test, you know it's known based on hundreds of thousands of other yeah. patients what the normal range is for thyroid. But for NK cells, no one really knows what the normal range is. Okay. And then if it's abnormal, if you're going to treat it, you have to know that treating it, you know, is it really abnormal in the first place? And what are you actually treating? And does treating it result in more babies being born? And that's all the unknowns with NK cells generally, both in the uterus and in the blood. Do you know, I actually thought 
the NK sales thing was quite legit. Like I, I, I had no idea about all this because that was going to be my next step when we. So they, I mean, they, they do kill things. So you yeah, have, but, but you have to have them to help implantation. Wow. That's really interesting. So none of us would be here yeah. if our mums had no NK cells. Okay. That is good to know. Yeah, yeah. my mind is blown. Um, <laughs> you're, you're a member of the gu- the Guidelines Development Group for yeah. NICE, which is the oh, National... National Institute for Health and Clinical Excellence. Yes, yes. which basically <laughs> tells um, the NHS what it should yeah. be offering. Well, advises the NHS, and that's where the problem is. So right. it advises... The CCGs. So obviously CCGs, um, and that's kind of local authorities, yeah. isn't it? Are, yeah. are increasingly not offering IVF or yeah. or offering fewer rounds of IVF than is recommended. What's your view on that? So I spent, I think it's two thousand and nine to two thousand twelve or thirteen, so a while ago now, um, on the guidelines development group for the Nice Fertility Guidelines. Mm. It was the second round of the guidelines, and um, it was really interesting seeing how it all worked and it's all properly put together um, based on quality, so quality of life added years. Okay. And so that someone has actually costed out, um, it's worth spending 20 or 30,000 pounds per quality, and that's how NICE works. Okay. You're trying to put a quality on an IVF cycle and the value of a baby, but mm. this is what happens, this is what healthy economics people do. So essentially, wow. the whole funding thing came out from, from qualities um, using the standard sort of NICE criteria, and that's what this three cycles of IVF came from Mm, Um, but the problem is NICE can only advise the CCGs and they're Mm -hmm. the funding bodies in in the counties they can only advise the CCGs um, to fund IVF Mm. and it's just you know I think NICE has improved the amount of funding but it's still obviously very limited. Is it a big topic of discussion amongst the group because obviously it's it is being completely was it Cambridge recently that just completely stopped all IVF funding. Yeah, there's been. I mean, sometimes what will happen is um, a CCG will announce they're going to stop funding, yeah. and they'll go out to public consultation, and right. then um, in general they've stepped back from it and they might reduce funding. But there's not many places that have gone to zero funding. Uh-huh. I mean, here here in the Thames Valley where we are, so Oxfordshire, Barks and Bucks, it's always been some of the most limited funding. Anyway, it's it's a woman has to be less than 35 years old, mm. and she gets she might get one IVF cycle. So it's just very very limited. Mm. So it is frustrating the funding, but. You know, well, we can battle against it, but we've got no control over it. There's not much it. else you can do. No. It's just really, it's really hard. So, I mean, even having male BMI in it is absolutely crazy. And yeah. male BMI does not feature in the NICE guidelines. So what happens is the, the CCGs bring in rationing criteria. So okay. the whole thing's rationing. So all these things they've got in there um, is about cutting down the amount of IVF which is being paid for in the NHS. So having male BMI or even male age, there's not really any logic to it. It, yeah, exactly. And do, I mean, is there thing? Is there anything that people can do if they are refused funding? Can they appeal against that? Yeah, you can do. Well, the, the, the patient can't appeal, but the um, the the clinic or the GP can send in what's called an individual funding request or IFR, mm. which essentially is a it's not an appeal, but it's a request for funding for for something that's not in the standard in a standard guideline. Okay. And but. I mean, the chance of it, the chance of getting funding for that is actually quite slim in my experience, unless there's something really out of the ordinary. Okay. Mm. Um, just if someone's you know, a year outside of the age range, yeah, they're probably not going to get funding. But it does vary from CCG to CCG. Right. I feel um, like we're learning a lot today. Yeah, <laughs> we always learn when we speak to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should have expected it. Absolutely um, have expected it. 
So was there, other than obviously people being able to have, to have access to the correct amount of rounds and things like that, is there anything that you really feel strongly about changing when it comes to maybe like patient care or anything that's kind of common practice? I think um, I think one thing I see quite often is um, when I mean quite rightly, and if ever I'm asked this, you know, on radio thing, what what should people do if they're worried about their fertility? Then absolutely, the first port of call is to have a chat with the GP. Absolutely, mm. after six, twelve months of trying, have a chat with the GP, and then GPs will generally then refer um, a patient, you know, a woman or a couple, into the local fertility clinic, mm. which will obviously normally be in a hospital. I think what happens sometimes then is people get stuck in this sort of merry-go-round of decisions not being made or plans not being made. So they have some tests, they then come back a few months later and they look at the test results, and then they have some more tests and they go away and come back again, sometimes without a plan being made. And I think what we try and do you know, here is if, if people come in, they'll at least leave with a, a plan and a timescale. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're, and it is very expensive for the NHS as well just to be bringing people back for repeated follow-ups with no plan or exit in mind. So I I think people get, I I know patients get frustrated by that Mm. because sometimes they'll come in and they'll say, gosh, it's taken us a year or 18 months to get to actually speak to, you know, a, um, you know, an IVF specialist and they're speaking speaking to whoever it is in the local clinic, NHS clinic. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You softened me up with some nice easy questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're taking the um, Smash Hits magazine right. um, template of okay. questioning. So it's one of my favourite magazines back in the day. <laughs> Excellent. Why, why I got into journalism? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad they haven't resurrected. <laughs> um, do you have any pets? I have a very large cat, or this sort of cat stroke dog, big, big thing called um, called Wilf. Wilf. So Wilf. Oh. Sort of a, a, a rehomed. Oh. monster big cat oh. yeah. what colour is he? it's sort of like a brown brown and white sort of tabby thing 
Lovely. Huge. We're very much cat people on BFN. We are. Um, what's the best thing about your job? Um, I really enjoy. I enjoy consultations actually. So I enjoy yeah. sort of um, that that side of things. So seeing people, having a chat to them, uh, them having a leave with a plan, and sort of feeling as though hopefully I can explain things clearly and simply to them, so they have a sort of proper understanding of things and. Obviously, when it works, it's absolutely wonderful. But some of the nicest feedback um, that we've had as a team has been from people where it hasn't worked. Okay. People have said, um, OK, it hasn't worked. We're moving on uh-huh. to the next stage of our life. Mm. But we're very happy that we have no regrets about, about you guys looking after That's us. That's good to know, yeah. That is nice. Mm. Mm. What's the worst thing about your job? Um, worst thing about my job? I'm not really an admin person, so there is a fair <laughs> amount of admin that goes on mm. with... Um, you know, being medical director of a, of, you know, of a, of a large uh, a large clinic. So that side of it, I'm, I'm not great at it. I okay. have to be sort of chivied along a bit. So that would be, I'm not really great meetings person either, I suppose. Yeah. So I can minimise meetings. <laughs> that suits me. I mean, those are well. all very annoying things, <laughs> aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Probably most people would give the same answer yeah. to that, I guess. Absolutely fair, though. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that, I suppose the other thing would be, I, I do have, you know, we all have patients who it just it hasn't worked yet. Yeah. And um, I think that would be, probably the most frustrating bit because you're, you're, the team are trying everything we can, all the different people here, um, and we're trying different things and you see these people back and you can see that they are, um, are putting a lot of faith in the team mm-hmm. and um, I mean, they're, not, they're not saying it's your fault when it doesn't work, but you can see they're thinking, well, we're paying money for this, it's yeah. not working, what are you guys going to do about it? Yeah. And that is so difficult. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, luckily, the number of people like that is not great because... For most people, eventually, it does work. Yeah. And there's been people who've been through all sorts of things, and it often has worked, but clearly not always, and that yeah. is very, very difficult. And that's, that's upsetting for everyone here. Very yeah. imagine. Um, what's your favourite colour? Blue. Okay. Mm. What's the best thing about living in Oxford? I absolutely love it. Absolutely great place to live. So we live in the middle of middle of Oxford. We live sort of 10, 10 15 minutes walk into town. Nice. Uh, Port Meadow, which is this ancient meadow in the right in the middle of Oxford with cattle and horses wandering around and it goes down to the Thames um, it's called the Isis here and um, uh, but we're only an hour from London now from Birmingham mm. um, beautiful city I like all the you know the students coming and going as well yeah sort of um, you know sort of reminds you of your student days but also you get sort of like you know every September the new lot coming in and you see them do their exams every May and then uh-huh. you lot in September exams every May mm. <laughs> so it's a great place exciting <laughs> what do you do to relax um, so I'm pretty full on actually so okay. I sort of um, I pretty rarely would just be sitting down relaxing my two big hobbies mm-hmm. are um, playing in a band what do you play? Uh, I play electric guitar and I sing love oh, it wow yeah. we, had a, we had a gig on Saturday we just played a gig on uh, Saturday what's night what's the name of the band? Mo Mojo Mo Mojo yeah. fantastic we've been going for 11 years watch out <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not the Mo Mojo in Ohio we have a rival okay. Mo oh, Mojo right, in Ohio okay. Well, Every all day. of our listeners can uh, go yeah. up against those guys. Make sure it's Oxford, <laughs> And then the other thing is uh, motor racing. So I enjoy oh, wow. motor racing. So um, those have been my two big hobbies. Oh, high adrenaline. Yeah. Do you, have a, fun. do you have a fancy car, though? Um, it's, not, it's not really fancy. It's called a Caterham, which is like a, it's sort of like a little... fancy. Uh, ish, ish, yeah. I suppose. But it's a, it is a proper race car, so it's... Um, no, I enjoy that. That's, a, that's obviously nothing to do with work at all, completely no. separate. No, of course. Really good bunch of people. I've got to know very well. Wow. With that, we travel all over the place. What colour is the car? 
Um, it's red with a big Mo Mojo skull on the bonnet. Oh, actually. I love it! Yeah. Amazing, <laughs> brilliant. Follows the branding goes straight through. <laughs> Anyone sees a red skull adorned yeah. caterer yeah. on the yeah. streets with a white Oxford. roll cage? Oh no, it's not road legal. Oh, it's not so road just, legal. No, oh, it's so race sorry. cars and tracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Is that every weekend? Uh, no, it's probably uh, one weekend a month. Okay. But wow. it's uh, I was in Portugal too, a couple of weekends oh ago racing, and then we're all over the place. That's great fun. Quite dangerous though. Um, I mean, it, it, it sort of is, but the safety is amazing in the cars. So I'd rather okay. have a crash in one of those than in a road car. Fair enough. Okay. Um, what's your favourite old wives' tale that we have asked you? Uh, there's only one. On. There is only one. It's um, <laughs> that um, does eating McDonald's <laughs> fries after an embryo transfer improve, improve implantation? And that's the best one ever. The answer was no. That's the best one. Um, do you ever partake in a McDonald's yourself? Oh, on Saturday, um, no, sorry, Sunday, I took my son to play football. Yeah. And then uh, on the way back, we had we had McDonald's and fries. It didn't cross my mind about the embryo transfer. But <laughs> Am I going to get pregnant? I think most people in the um, most people in there were sort of people haven't taken their kids there after a footy match, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did cop McDonald's. What's your McDonald's order? I actually had a chicken wrap, actually. Oh, but uh, I say normally beautiful. quarter pounder Healthy. with cheese. I know, I know. Okay. I was going out for a big dinner that night. So I was <laughs> oh, to say, so lighter option. Normally quarter pounder <laughs> with cheese, yeah. Um, just to give you the kind of setting, we're, we're, there's a beautiful kind of river flowing mm. past the mm. clinic. It seems like a really lovely, leafy place to work. Yeah. Do you ever just take yourself out just to have a walk, just to... Get zen, or you, no, you don't really, need zen. No. No. Um, I'm not sure I don't need zen. Sort of tend to walk in, then you sort of just get through it all and do it, you know, do best you can, then walk out. Really, but certainly in the summer, um, there's, there's a lawn outside there by the. It's not really a lake, is it? But it's sort of big pond, yeah. flowing pond thing. No, there's lovely. quite a few um, you know, ducks out there, so people. And then the ice cream comes along. Ice cream van drives down oh, in the summer as well. Yes. So we all sort of sit outside every now and again and have an ice cream and feed bread to the ducks, which is very Sounds nice. Sounds a bit different to my IVF clinic. <laughs> very important question that I mm. almost forgot to ask mm-hmm. that our listeners are desperate to know. Yeah. Is there a Mrs. Professor Tim? There is a partner. A partner. Yeah, but uh, we're not married. So okay. She, yeah, she she's called Jay. Okay. We're not married. Um, and then I suppose this would be kind of a a kind of final question and slightly more serious but um, what what would your advice be to someone who is about to embark on IVF Um, well I think if you're at the stage where you've been advised that you um, are going to be more moving towards IVF I think for most people you will have a choice of um, a choice of clinics and there are some really good clinics around and I think just visiting clinics Mm, is a really really important thing um, most clinics nowadays would have open patient open evenings. And, you know, mm. You're not committed to, you don't pay to go to them. You go along and meet the staff, and I think you can get a really good feel of um, how clinics treat their potential patients, both from the administration side of things. You know, is it flowing through properly? Uh, and then obviously when you get there and look around the clinic um, and meet the staff, and I think that's that's important. Yeah. The hfva.gov.uk website uh-huh. for the for the choose a clinic bit I think is also good. Mm. You can go on there. Depends how deep you want to go. You can you can read the inspection reports for the clinics. What were the non-conformances? You know, what was going on in that clinic? And obviously success rates as, uh, as well. Mm. So I think just feeling comfortable um, before you embark on it. Okay. Sound well, advice, Professor Tim. It's been <laughs> just a, a very strange. Utter joy. <laughs> 
It's very nice to be both of you. Because obviously, you know, I think yes, your, um, yeah. your podcast has got a real sort of following going, and the um, particularly the embryology, sort of younger embryology staff here, they're always listening to saying, "Oh, Are they? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." Good. I had no good. idea. And then increasingly, yeah, pe- uh, people coming in finding saying they find it, they find it really helpful and really useful with the sort of breadth of things that you cover. So good. I think well done to you guys. Oh, well, thank you for being part of it. You are a big part of it, bigger than you realise. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> motor racing rock star he's an absolute bloody legend and he eats mcdonald's oh, but does not approve of all wise tales of surrounding mcdonald's um or he finds them bloody hilarious <laughs> um yeah it was great it was lovely to meet him and he was wearing an uh, ivf bubble pineapple pin which i was. thought was really cool yeah um so look guys have a really good new year yeah we'll see you again on the other side we will we definitely will Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.